Well, today on the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the history of the Navigators, nonprofit organization that has their motto of to know Christ, make him known and help others do the same. Now, I've been working for the Navigators now for almost 20 years, and we're going to talk a little bit about the history of this vision and their founder Dawson Trotman's famous sermon, Born to Reproduce, the beautiful invitation that God has for his children to help others do the same, to make disciples. And we're going to talk about why I think many Christians miss it. And Dawson's going to outline three key reasons that prevent spiritual reproduction. Well, in the 1930s, Dawson Trotman had graduated from high school, was working at a lumber mill, did not know the Lord, and he was invited to Sunday school by a pretty young girl. And he was more interested to get to know this girl than to engage in Sunday school, but he went anyway, and she recruited him to be a part of a scripture memory program. And Dawson, seeking to impress her, began to memorize scripture while he worked at the lumberyard. And God used these passages of scripture to draw Dawson to himself. Passages like 2 Corinthians 5.17, which says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And Dawson prayed and asked God, Would you make this true in my life? I don't know what this means, but I want to know. And Dawson trusted Christ. And after this, he had a heart to help others walk with Jesus as well. He began a Sunday school program where he started Sunday schools for middle school and high school youth. And eventually, he got into full-time ministry and went to Pearl Harbor to work with men in the navies. This was in the 30s. This is before America got involved in World War II. But there were thousands of men stationed at Pearl Harbor with the battleships of the Navy all, be, all being stationed there. And Dawson began to invest in men in the Navy. And that's where they came up with the name Navigators, and they said they want to help people navigate spiritually. One of these early sailors' name was Les Spencer, and Les brought his friend to Dawson and said, Dawson, would you help my friend grow in the same way you're helping me? Now, Dawson had been helping him with his quiet time, prayer life, scripture memory, learning how to share his faith, and he assumed Dawson would help his friend as well. But Dawson said, no, you help him. And so began the vision of the Navigators, to go deep with a few but then to entrust those few to pass it on to others. And in a lot of ways, the Navy shipyard and the discipline of the military life was an ideal discipleship training ground. I remember hearing many stories from Jim Downing, who was one of the first navigators who lived to about 103 years old, and I got to hear him share some of the stories of what it was like in those days. Their lives were very disciplined. They incorporated navigator disciplines and discipleship training into every area of their life. Jim Downing had told us they would get up in the morning, do their quiet time, then they would go on duty. When they got their break, they'd review their scripture memory and do their Bible study. Then they'd go back on duty. When they got a break, they'd go up in pairs and begin to share the gospel. And God used the navigators to share the gospel with hundreds of men in the Navy and to begin to train disciples. They were very regimented, and I would say they were very intense. And even Dawson himself, reflecting on what it was like in those days, said we were very hard on them in those days, even asking and requiring that they would have a new verse memorized within every 48 hours. So it was a very intense, disciplined, and regimented program. Well, after those men got involved in World War II, then that sent them all around the world. Then after the war, the GI Bell sent them on the campus, and so navigators began to spread a little bit in the United States. But it was primarily a small ministry until Billy Graham's Crusades, where Billy Graham was going around making thousands and thousands of converts. It seemed like wherever Billy Graham showed up, people would flock to hear the gospel message. Billy would arguably be the most prominent evangelist in all time in terms of the scope and scale of his ministry, sharing the gospel with millions of people all over the world. 
But one of the things that Billy realized is he was making converts, but Jesus had challenged us to make disciples. And he wanted some sort of follow-up material to be used for those who came to Christ. And Billy reached out to Dawson and said, you guys are majoring in this thing of discipleship. Would you come up with some content to help us and partner with us with these new converts? And Dawson originally said, no, how are we going to do that? We're a small ministry. We can barely do the things that we want to do. But Billy Graham pressed Dawson and said, if you won't do it, who else will? And finally, Dawson felt led from the Lord to use some of the Navigator material to get in the hands of all those converts in Billy Graham Crusades. And they created what was the NAV 2-7 series. And they began to talk about the importance of follow-up. They didn't want to just bring people to the... To the point of conversion, they wanted to equip and disciple them to move them on to maturity in Christ. And that 2-7 series is still available today. We use it on the college campuses. Churches are still using it. There's some local churches here in my area that are using the 2-7 series. And so that is a discipleship curriculum that has been used for nearly 65 years. And one of the key verses for Dawson on spiritual multiplication was 2 Timothy 2-2, which says, And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who'll be able to teach others also. And here in this passage, Paul speaking to Timothy is showing us the importance of spiritual multiplication. Paul passed on to Timothy things that were critical and important. Timothy was supposed to gather faithful people who he could train and pass those things on to as well, and then they would be faithful to teach others also. And we would see this concept of spiritual multiplication. Well, one of Dawson's most famous sermons from 1955 was a sermon called Born to Reproduce. And here in this sermon, Dawson connects God's garden mandate in Genesis 1 with the Great Commission in Matthew 28. That in the same way God gave purpose and mission for Adam and Eve in his garden, Jesus gave us a purpose and mission in the Great Commandment. And so Genesis 1:28, the garden mandate, God said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God created us with purpose and mission. And we see in God's creation that it would be the intimate union of husband and wife that would lead to physical reproduction. And it was that intimate union that allowed God to call us to fulfill that purpose, to be fruitful and multiply. And it's interesting to think of in our day, I'm recording this in 2023, the popularity of people saying they don't want to have kids. In fact, just this past week, there was a viral video of a young woman who is a social media influencer talking about how great it is that she's chosen not to have kids so she can sleep in on a Saturday and watch reruns of her favorite show and make her favorite meal and basically do whatever we want. We see in our day the rejection of the purposes of God, his calling and commission for us to be fruitful and multiply. But Dawson would then go and connect the idea of the garden mandate to the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And that passage says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And it's interesting here that Jesus leaves us with a a great commandment, a great commission to go and make disciples, not converts. How long do you think it would take to teach a new disciple, everything that Jesus has commanded us. Well, one of the things Dawson pointed out is that it would take time. In the same way that having a baby and raising them to maturity takes years, 
The same is going to be true for these baby Christians. We're going to have to sit down with them and really train them, help them grow. 1 Peter 2.2 says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. So very often, Dawson would say the following phrase. He'd say, where's your man? Where's your woman? Now, when I was in college, if I had heard that, I would have said, yeah, where's my woman? I'm looking for a wife. But that's not what he meant. He meant, where is your person that you are actively helping grow in maturity to Christ. I had the opportunity to do some discipleship when I was in college with the Navigators. I led a young man named Mike to Christ. It's pretty exciting. I got to share the bridge illustration with him, and he had never heard that. And so he accepted Jesus, and then I began to do some follow-up with him. And to be honest with you, it really didn't go very well. We would open the scriptures, and I was trying to help him understand God is calling him to move on to maturity, but I didn't feel like we make, made much progress while we were in college. You know, it was interesting. About 18 years later, we had kept up maybe every few years, and he emailed me looking for help finding a new Bible study in the area that he was moving because he wanted to make sure he connected with a men's group so that he could con continue to grow. And I just thought about the faithfulness of God over nearly two decades of helping Mike continue to grow. And so one of the things that Dawson connected in the same way that an intimate union in creation led to physical reproduction, the vital union with Christ is what is going to lead us to spiritual reproduction, a vital union with Christ. This is one of the reasons that navigators have valued quiet time, spending time with the Lord. I love this navigator distinction. I have met a lot of Christians who have never been trained and maybe simply don't value spending time with the Lord, even people who are in full-time ministry. But Jesus said in John 15, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We must have a vital union with Christ if we're to seek spiritual reproduction. And so we know we're talking about this concept of discipleship. It's helping somebody grow in their walk with Christ. Sometimes this is one-to-one. -one. It could be a one-to-one -one relationship. Sometimes it can be small group. If I'm honest, I tend to prefer meeting with men in groups of twos and threes where we can begin to grow together. Well, what are some issues that will prevent this spiritual reproduction? There are three things that Dawson pinpointed. First, he said a lack of union with Christ will hinder our spiritual reproduction. Many Christians simply don't know or don't see the value in spending time with the Lord. I think the navigators, having majored in this, have some tremendous resources to help people learn to have a quiet time, to spend time with the Lord. I think for my wife and I, one of our favorite times of the day is that time in the morning, grab a cup of coffee, open the Bible, maybe just read a few chapters. My wife keeps a gratitude journal where she's writing down things that she's thankful for, spending some time in prayer, starting every single morning reviewing our scripture memory. doesn't have to be a really long time, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, but it is helping us have that vital union with Christ so that we can have that spiritual multiplication. Well, the second thing that he pointed out that would prevent the spiritual multiplication was sin. We know as Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we must lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely if we're going to run the race that Jesus has called us to. So sin is going to do just that. It's going to wrap around us. It's going to weigh us down and prevent us from engaging in God's call. One of the things I like about my church is that every week we have a time of confession. We have a short reading, maybe a prayer, maybe a psalm, where we confess our sins together. And then they give us 30 to 60 seconds where we have to confess our own sins silently to the Lord. It's a weekly reminder that I need to be confessing my sins to the Lord. How beautiful is the gospel that because of Christ, our sins can be forgiven. 
It's one of the best parts about being in a church community or a navigator community. As 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if sin is holding you back from following what God is calling you to do, let me challenge you. Bring that sin into the light. Bring it to the Lord. Confess that to a friend or maybe a ministry professional, somebody who can walk alongside and help you. And then the last thing that Dawson said would prevent Christians from spiritually multiplying was this issue of busyness. And so he really challenged us to be careful of lots of Christian activity. And it's interesting, Dawson gave this sermon in 1955 where he saw Christians as being overly busy. And in fact, he actually interviewed, did interview questions for a mission board. So he interviewed 29 prospective missionaries. These were people who wanted to move overseas and be full-time missionaries. He asked them two questions. The first question he asked was, how is your devotional life? And Dawson said 28 of 29 said that they did not have a consistent devotional life, that vital union with Christ. And then the second question he asked was, who do you know today that is walking with Jesus because of your ministry? Who have you shared Christ with? Who have you followed up with? Who are you discipling and helping them in their walk? He said the vast majority of these missionaries who wanted to move overseas for full-time ministry couldn't think of one person that was following Jesus because of their ministry. And he began to wonder, how can you do overseas what you have not been active doing here? He said he saw lots of activity, but very little productivity. And if I'm honest, I can see many seasons in my life where I felt too busy to be active in discipleship. I've got to prepare my message or I've got to prepare my Bible study. All these Christian things that I'm doing. But am I doing the most critical things? The vital union with Christ? That discipleship, helping somebody move on to maturity? Well, there's a famous phrase that Dawson uttered in this sermon. And that's where he said, Emotion is no substitute for action, but action is no substitute for reproduction. Okay, let's look at that first part. Emotion is no substitute for action. We shouldn't let our emotion prevent us from engaging in the activities God is calling us to do. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't like scripture memory. These are emotions. I don't want to do evangelism. Our emotion shouldn't substitute for action. We should be active and engaged in the Christian life. But action, just doing a bunch of Christian-y things, is no substitute for production. Is the things that we're doing, the Christian activities that we're engaged in, are they leading to the things that Christ has called us to do? Going and making disciples. Emotion is no substitute for action, but action is no substitute for production. Well, the Navigator vision of knowing Christ, making him known, and helping others do the same is a beautiful vision to the calling that Christ has given us to go and make disciples. I have really appreciated in the Navigators how they are committed to helping people grow in this vision, to develop a vital union with Christ that we might see spiritual multiplication.